The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare wrap. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. If you're just now joining us, we hope you'll follow us and check out our previous episodes, all 200 of them. We're in season seven, where we're writing the consumer health playbook and answering three important questions. Who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? Let us know what you think about this episode and what topics you're dying to hear about in future episodes by reaching out on LinkedIn or Twitter at Healthcare Wrap. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about heads in beds. What would it be like if we eliminate this phrase from hospitals' business strategies? I'll talk about that. Then hold on to your meta hats, people. Michael Kaldash and Ben Eladrisi are in the house to share some provocative thinking about Web3 in healthcare. Michael and Ben are the founders of iMetis, a novel healthcare ecosystem that includes the world's first healthcare metaverse and the first medical and scientific NFT marketplace. Don't worry, we're going to talk about what all that means, how it works, and why consumers should care about it. If you've been wondering about Web 3.0 and what it means for healthcare, hang on and we'll explain everything. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Is it the elephant in the room or the albatross around our necks? I don't know how widespread it's known that heads in beds is a phrase that hospital and health system administrators use to describe one of their core business goals, inpatient or overnight stays. It's no surprise that it costs a lot to stay overnight at a hospital. It's less known that hospitals have built their business strategies around it for decades. It's easy to see how this can be frustrating for consumers. It can feel like a hospital doesn't always have your best interest at heart if you know that they make a higher multiple of revenue each night that you stay in the facility. Heads and beds is the status quo of hospital business strategy, so any attempts to change it from value-based models to the retailification of primary care are generally met with resistance. It's an albatross around the neck of would-be change agents. It's an anchor weighing down attempts to fly. It's gravity keeping the rocket from leaving the atmosphere. It's also one reason that retail brands can offer such consumer-first health offerings, because Heads and Beds is not one of their core business goals. Now, the status quo is slowly starting to change. Not everyone wants to see more patients stay overnight. Many clinicians do everything they can to treat conditions and get patients home as soon as possible. But if one of the questions that we need to ask more often is how long will it take, then it's fair to ask how might we accelerate the transition away from a Heads and Beds strategy to something that incentivizes fewer overnight stays. 
Sound familiar? Maybe it's because this concept of disruption through business model innovation has been around for more than a decade. Clayton Christensen wrote about it in The Innovator's Prescription, which was first published in 2009. In it, Christensen, along with his co-authors Dr. Jason Huang and the late Dr. Jerome Grossman, described the disruption of healthcare institutions through business model innovation. They said that as medicine shifts from intuitive to empirical to precision-based, many healthcare executives are leveraging new technologies and business models to transition an increasing number of services moving downhill, meaning that less complicated hospital procedures and treatments move to specialty hospitals, then to ambulatory care centers, then to outpatient clinics, primary care clinics, retail clinics, and what they referred to at the time as web-based visits. At that point, we may not be talking about overnight stays anymore, but for the most part, we're still talking about visit-based care. More recently, Zaina Kayat discussed the broken business models of healthcare on Experience Friday Live with Mophie's Sean Nason. Zaina is the vice president of client success and growth at Teladoc Health in Canada, explained that when the business model is broken, you can do two things. You can go out of business or you can recenter or reestablish the business model. She shared that figuring out how healthcare can evolve beyond the visit-based, facility-based system is what she and many others are trying to solve. So wherever you are in that process, wherever your institution is on the spectrum of business model innovation, we should all embrace opportunities to do what's best for consumers long before they become patients. Fewer inpatient stays is a good thing. It means that consumers have fewer health issues that require intervention. Business models need to reflect that. The status quo is hard to change, but it will be worth the fight because healthcare is going to look a lot different than it looks today and a lot more of it's going to take place outside of a hospital bed. Let's see how quickly we can eliminate heads in beds from the business strategy vernacular entirely. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. Let's get into the flow here. Give it up for Michael Kaldash. Michael's a founder and CEO at iMetis. They're a novel healthcare ecosystem that includes the world's first healthcare metaverse. Uh, yeah, you heard that right. We're going to talk about what that means. Part of their ecosystem is the first medical and scientific NFT marketplace. Yes, you heard that right also. We're going to talk about what that means. But Michael's in the house here to share some provocative thinking about the healthcare metaverse. What does that mean? How does it work? And, and why should consumers and patients care about it? So Michael, say hello and tell us something that gets you out of bed in the morning. Hi, Jared. So thank you very much for the introduction. So I'm Michael. I'm the CEO and founder of Amedis, who said I'm originally a doctor, come from a hospital and also been into the pharmaceutical industry and yeah, decided to go into, into medtech and e-health and metaverse due to the fact that there are so many issues in healthcare all around the world and COVID even has shown how important change is and that's why, why Amedis came out of this what drives me and it makes me get up in the morning so it's you know every day i want to proceed and want to do something new and i want to explore something differently so i'm not into that everyday nine to five business but like to do new things and develop new ideas with my partners and uh, friends and yeah so so that's what motivates me and i, I hope that i can make healthcare better and, and help people all over the world to get better access to healthcare and equalize a little bit more than it is today. I love it. Also with us today is Ben Eladrisi. Ben's the founder and COO at iMedis, so he and Michael are partners there. Ben, same question. If you want to say hello and tell us something that gets you out of bed in the morning. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, what gets me out of bed in the morning? At daylight, generally. Actually, 
I think, as Michael said, I think we as doctors, we think that there are a lot of challenges in healthcare. We want to be part of the transformation within healthcare to, you know, towards something better for patients, for doctors as well. So generally, that's, I think, what we like, the challenge in, in this space. And there are a lot of challenges. What are one or two of those challenges in particular that led you to get into the metaverse space? And then we'll talk about what work you're doing there. But first, what challenges in particular led you to explore this space? One of the major issues in healthcare, and it's not only about the metaverse, but one of the major aspects there is communication. Communication between people, between patients and doctors and caregivers. That's a big issue and it's becoming a bigger issue more and more because the population is growing older and is growing more and, you know, there are not enough hospitals in some areas and not enough doctors and people don't have general access to healthcare. But a lot of people, almost all people, do have smartphones and do have a connection to the internet and now in 2022 and already in the last years. So this is the perfect tool for making people, for, for giving people access to healthcare. So the communication is a problem and the availability of services. Because when we talk about areas maybe like Manhattan or Berlin or Amsterdam, when you need a doctor, when you need some help, there is help everywhere, anytime, basically, most of the time. But when we speak about other parts of the world or even rural areas in the Western countries, then you already have an issue. So the availability of services is a big thing. And there are a lot of, there have been a lot of examinations in the last years that showed that a lot of things can be solved via healthcare in the internet, via e-health services and a service offers in, in the virtual space. That's what, what mainly focuses us uh, on this service. Interesting. Ben, any more to add on that? Would you agree to that? Definitely. I mean, healthcare is... Most people just consider it to be a part of, you know, the industry's infrastructure in, in a country or in a region, maybe globally. Actually, it's way more than that. It's how you define a society in terms of how civilized a society is, right? Healthcare is something that it's a substantial need for every person that lives in a society. So it is so important that it is not easily comparable to other industries on the one hand side. On the other side, you have to include it into business processes, into the markets to make it run, right? So actually we have, I would say, two components within healthcare that somehow don't work with each other seamlessly. Now that we bring in technology, we make it, we help kind of connect those, uh, those fields together and allow healthcare to be part of both systems, you know, to help patients have the best services, the best outcomes, to allow better efficiency in workflows for professionals. And at the same time, give it a space in the markets that don't kind of limit services and um, accessibility for, for the patient at the end. Because if you see... There are so many situations where we have realized that when you, as for example, I mean, the U.S. is quite well known for very expensive healthcare, right? This is due to the infrastructure, of course. This is due to limited accessibility. This is due to a lot of stakeholders in the game and a lot of intermediaries. That's, of course, something that is um, still well 
you know, developed in the U.S. kind of, but it is limiting to the access of healthcare. It is not available for everyone, even in the U.S. We want to support systems that can, on the one hand side, be profitable for companies and professionals. On the other side, really include everyone out there. But what is very important about that is, too, the fact that, you know, Ben and me, we're both doctors. So we really experience that patient care in the front line, basically, right? And the thing is that, and that's what a lot of, that, that's what, what's so difficult about these services is a lot of companies and industries treat patients like customers. And they say, it's a customer, right? So we had also this discussion in Germany, the patient is not more called the patient, but it's, it's, he's called a customer. But it's not true. A patient is not a customer. A patient is a customer to a certain level, and asks for services that he or the insurance is paying for. But in the end, you don't have this real equal customer and supplier relationship because the patient comes to you with a problem and he would do anything to get help. So you can't, cannot see him like a customer that whom you sell something to, but as a patient that relies on that what you do is the best for him without exploiting him. And that's what's so what's what's such a big challenge in healthcare because you have to, as Ben correctly said, you know, there is a business behind this, and you have to make this profitable in certain ways, but up to a certain level, because at certain borders cannot be crossed, because then you touch the the integrity of a person being a patient and someone who's relying on you from an objective point of view. Right, right, right. So you both mentioned communications, accessibility, and then kind of the the place of healthcare in a functioning society. I think that's really the big picture here. I'm glad you touched on all of those things. So let's enter the the metaverse now. (laughs) Let's talk about this. What is a metaverse and and how does that help address some of these problems? Michael, let's start with very very basics because I know at least here in the US, we hear a lot about Web3 components. You know, metaverses are one of them. Uh, Can you start at the very beginning, like for somebody who's never heard that term before, what is a metaverse? Basically, a metaverse is, let's let's begin very basic, basically an additional layer that pops onto the reality that someone experiences that can be represented via virtual reality, a 3D environment, or augmented reality being popped onto the real world, right? The the way we interpret the metaverse for medicine is we create a 3D world that offers a large amount of services and offers for every stakeholder in healthcare. That includes the patient, the families, but it includes also the professional side with doctors, with hospitals, with pharmaceutical companies, with pharmacies, with insurances, with service providers and health tech providers, right? And we bring them together in this unique 3D space. And that is one of, of the major things in our metaverse is looking really good. So it's not like something that that is, you know, these browser-based solutions, but it's a real client-based software that looks like a triple A game, basically. So every one of, of you who has played something like some 3D games that take place in the 3D world, like Skyrim or GTA, you know, that this is, this is what we are orienting on. And we built this 3D world to offer services like, let's begin very basic advertising for companies, but for patients, we have services like consultations. We have therapies that we offer. We can go into the detail later. We offer education, which is one of the major parts of the metaverse. So we offer virtual university with partner, Professor Shafi, that is called the Metaversity. 
can also go into the detail there. Also, the social aspect is very important because we bring people together. So we develop a complete a medical social network that takes place in this space. And it's a secure space. It's a safe spot where you are safe from bullying, where you are safe from false and fake information, where you can rely on the information you get from medical professionals, but where you can be safe without being bullied or without being, you know, exposed for something. So you have a safe space where you can interact with doctors, but also with other patients. Imagine you have a rare disease and you live in Greenland and you don't know anyone because there is no self-help group. Then you can connect in the Amadis metaverse and meet people that have the same condition from all over the world. And you can meet them in this secure environment and you can go there anonymously. You can have an avatar that doesn't look like you or you prefer an avatar that really looks like you. You can even be there with a real name when you trust people. So you can build a complete community inside this. So to sum it up, it is bringing people together on all these levels. And, you know, as Michael said, actually, it is not very new what we do. We have seen telemedical consultations coming up in the recent years, and we also worked in this space. But this is a step forward because we have more immersiveness. We have this immersive experience that people were looking to have actually when they communicate with others. Still, you can have, you know, a Zoom chat or whatever. It is not the same as moving somewhere, getting, you know, not only, um, I mean, it's just, you know, having these experiences of being inside a complete ecosystem and your environment reflects somehow the atmosphere that you are looking for. That is the next step. Generally, I think in most of the industries, it's not limited in uh, for, for healthcare. And um, we just have the idea that it makes a lot of sense to implement it in, also in healthcare because healthcare needs it. All industries that rely a lot on information transfer and communication will at a certain point use the metaverse. That's our conviction. And that's why we do it. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. Hey, listen up, y'all. Did you know that nearly 60% of people wish their healthcare provider sent them more relevant health information? And 42% would even consider switching to a different provider that sent them more, according to a recent survey of patients in the U.S. The vast majority of them would prefer to get that information via email or text. Persado is a natural language AI company that provides healthcare organizations with pre-developed, pre-optimized messaging journeys proven to build digital relationships, improve health goals, and increase patient retention. Deliver better health outcomes and revenue growth with Persado's data-driven content that inspires action. Visit persado.com to learn more. That's persado, P-E-R-S-A-D-O.com to find out how Persado can help. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. 
Unity. Okay, back to the flow. So to clarify, you mentioned when you're part of this ecosystem, when you're once you're in this metaverse, what does that look like in terms of if somebody wants to be a part of it? You mentioned you create an avatar and that avatar may or may not look like you. It's up to you. There's some privacy and security features around it. So you can feel like this is a safe space. How does somebody enter the, the metaverse? They have to sign up for an account or how does that work? Yeah, people speak a lot about the metaverse, but in the end, what you build is a, is a computer game. It's a multiplayer online game that has this professional purpose and that has a complete economy inside of it. So we are building a real healthcare com- uh, economy in this. And it's the, the entry is super simple. People that are already registered with the Amedis platform can use their login they have from the Amedis platform to enter the metaverse and then generate their avatar and, and set up everything and do the graphicals the settings for their device. So the, the software is a client-based system, as I told you. So it's not something that you that you stream, but you have to download a client, have to install it either on a smartphone, a tablet, or a PC. And we support everything from an Android phone up to a RTX-based computer with the latest graphics card and high-performance CPU. And then you, you, you generate an account and then you can select a server that you join. So we basically build it like a 3D shooter game but not it's for sure it's not a shooter but people who know this these client-based multiplayer online games they know how this works and there are these servers that people can join and the the world is is basically built like the real world so we have different continents different cities with different maps and institutions and people can join them and can get the services that they like. They can flawlessly move between these areas so they can travel around the world. They can beam into every map and they can move around freely and explore this world. They can search for dedicated services. So when they just want to focus on something, they can do that. But they can also just go around and explore things and offers. And they have a a very, very broad range of possibilities there. It's also a little bit like an adventure. And we're not only focusing on the medical services, on this serious part, we also implement medical gaming aspects for children, for example, very important to take away fear from certain things like an MRI examination or a medical treatment that unfortunately also kids undergo from time to time. And also there is a cultural and artistic aspect in this world, because let's imagine you're traveling to a country in Africa and we have had fantastic talks to people from Africa where we said, okay, in some areas we will highlight certain artistic pieces, for example, from ancient tribes, for example, and people can learn about the history of that country and can basically visit a virtual museum. So we, we have something that is called the Amelis Virtual Museum of Medical and Scientific Art, and people can go there and they can take a look at the country typical things and learn something about this also related to health, right? And then they can go and get some services. So it, it will be a real adventure and it has this this feeling of a triple A computer game. So tell me more about that part, that example you just used of a child who might be fearful of getting an MRI. How would this help? So imagine, you know, the, the biggest problem about medical procedures is and that's not all, only applicable for children, but especially for children, they come into a, a, an area that they don't know. They don't know what awaits them. They're just afraid 
it's loud, it's it's dark or it's cold and it's, you know, it's something that that is scary, right? It's uh, also for, for grown-ups, it's scary, but for children especially. And with these type of, of applications, you can already show children how things work and that they don't have to fear this, right? So an MRI, for example, will have an, a situation where you can put on your VR glass and you can get into an MRI and you experience the noise and you can experience the feeling of, of being inside an MRI. And so you can learn that there is no need to be, to be afraid of. So you already, when you, when you get the examination, you already know what is waiting for you and you already know that there is nothing that you have to be afraid of. Right. So we see this as a big opportunity to to make things a little bit easier. That's fascinating. That that is something that I can tell you with my own friends and family members, that would be very helpful. I find a lot, especially when you talk about pediatrics, about child patients, there's a lot of fear. When we're talking about the ultimate effect of having more people get the care that they need and overcoming all these barriers that have been put up, whether it is fear or lack of access or just not understanding their options. It seems like there, there's really an infinite opportunity here, uh, which is getting me really excited about, about all of this. What kind of reception or reaction have you had so far? Like what types of people are joining this metaverse so far? So the thing is that. You know, we've been at Arab Health in Dubai in January and the reactions were overwhelming. And you cannot say that only this and that group approached us because everyone approached us, basically. Hospital chains, university hospitals and universities, patients, doctors, therapists, even pharmacists came and said, hey, what's, what's the opportunity for us here? And also the industry is highly interested in that. So... We have a lot of partners already gained. So one, I can name one of them is the World Federation for Neurorehabilitation that serves up to 100 million patients worldwide when it comes to, to rehab and stroke and multiple sclerosis and other neurological chronic diseases. So everyone sees the opportunity here. And, uh, you know, at the moment, we already have a little bit stopped the applications because we have to implement all these or we have to onboard all the people that, that have already joined us. And I can tell you there are several university hospitals on board. There are hospital chains on board, associations on board. There are companies on board. There is pharma. So end of this month, we will have a presentation in one of the biggest pharma companies in the world that is, wants to explore this. So each and everyone is interested in that. And also people, patients and people, even people that don't have any health issues say, okay, that's cool because I can learn more about conditions maybe my, my parents suffer from or... What can I do to prevent diseases? Because this is so, so important because, you know, most of the time when you're not sick, that includes me, that includes Ben, that includes you, Jared, that includes mostly younger people that don't have any health issues. They're not in touch with that and they are not interested and they don't want to be confronted because healthcare is always something that makes you afraid. When you think about healthcare, you think, think about diseases, hospitals, stress, Corona, cancer, all these things that you don't want to be in touch with when you're not affected. But as a matter of fact, you can do a lot to prevent these things. And the metaverse offers people the possibility to prevent diseases because they can learn about conditions. They can learn about vitamins, about nutrition, about exercising, about what to look out for to not become sick and to use these services. There is so much space for that to learn. And with this combination of this gamification, it will be fun to learn. It's not just a, a gray, dark website or some text that makes you afraid of 
whatsoever. But you can explore this, and there are people you can talk, you can you can learn things. You, I, I think this is this is just great. Just going back to your, to your to your question, who is approaching us? We of course limit the amount of people that approach us at the moment because we focus a lot on onboarding huge players in in the healthcare industry. We want to bring in the forward-thinking institutions and companies. This is our, our target at the moment, because when you have them in, you can, of course, the service infrastructure in the metaverse, which then will be open for all the interested audiences to come in and then and take advantage of it. Interest is there from a lot of people, patients, doctors. We speak really at the moment. We focus on very big stakeholders in the game and would then like to continue forward bringing on other stakeholders in healthcare but generally that's that's what we do and yeah it makes sense we have um, already onboarded some interesting partners as michael said and we will continue doing this to develop a complete infrastructure that's amazing and i know with the pandemic it's hard to really see as far into the future as we used to like to do so if we're focusing more on like like one year in the future or maybe two years in the future, if everything goes according to plan here, what will the metaverse look like? What the two of you are building, what will it look like in terms of its impact on healthcare? It shall be a complete world that represents basically each and everyone on this planet and gives each and everyone on this planet the possibility to have access to healthcare services on a very personal and direct level. It makes healthcare really a part of everyone's lives, of everyone's daily lives, because that, that's what we have to reach. And that's what is very important, especially because people have this demand, right, to have these services and have, have uh, accessibility to healthcare. And that's what we want to reach with that. Fantastic. Ben, what do you think? Well, important is we are not substituting anything. Healthcare is still something that also will need the real world, the doctors, the hospitals, of course. But what we can achieve is a better educated population of patients. We can help hospitals and doctors prepare examinations. And after releasing patients, they can have a still ongoing relationship, delivering education and content to those people that they have treated. And this will allow a way better outcome than now. Because the problem that we see in healthcare is that even as a doctor, you see patients just like once or two times a year, even if, let's say, these exemptions that you see maybe on a monthly basis, still you don't have the right feedback. You are not really connected to your patients. You see them, as said, just once. And then you don't get the feedback about treatments. You don't get the feedbacks about their behavior. And this can be changed with the metaverse, and this will also then allow better outcomes in treatments. But besides this, the metaverse is also a platform to interact between businesses, between institutions, right? So we, we make the interaction between institutions way, way easier and more efficient. So that, of course, we are going forward to develop something that is a kind of a economy of service world, definitely as well. And it will take time. We will roll it out. We will build it step by step. Uh, I think it will be an ongoing process for the next 10 years, maybe 20. And everyone that, that has read about metaverses knows that it will be an ongoing process where people participate because we also want to bring in other stakeholders that help us 
develop services, technologies, and whatever. So this is something um, that will take time. For sure. Well, thanks for giving us this vision of what the two of you are building here. Thanks so much for giving us your time. What's the best place right now for listeners to connect with the two of you? And then uh, how can they learn more about the metaverse that you're building? We have LinkedIn pages for sure, but people can get in touch via email. Most simple via contact at imetis.com. Yeah, so email is, I think, the easiest way. I mean, we also have all these social media channels like Twitter and Telegram. And so and, and learn about the metaverse via our website, imetis.io. We'll showcase a lot of more aspects and the first product versions really soon. So people will see a lot of material and they will be able to try it out themselves very soon. Very nice. Thanks again. Stay safe. Uh, best of luck with all you're doing. Please keep in touch. We'll plan to have you back here soon to talk about the NFT marketplace that you've set up. In the meantime, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared, for having us. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at Shift.Health, where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap.